0: This is the Sales Development Podcast, powered by TenBow.com. today we ask the question, how do we maximize revenue in a time of transition? How do we maybe take advantage of it? This episode featuring the head of enterprise sales at Calendly. How do we get the most using automation scheduling? Hosted by David Delaney. This is the Sales Development
1: Podcast.
0: Hi, everybody. This is David Delaney with the Sales Development Podcast. I am super excited to get the next guest on the show. Molly McKinstry and I go way back, like too far back. That was crazy before the show. It was like, we were putting some numbers up and I was like, oh my God.
1: Yeah. Long time. Well,
0: you're the head of enterprise sales at Calendly right now, but you were at Glassdoor for 11 years and that's where we met initially. Molly, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. What an absolute treat, truly. Like to get to be in this space with you and reconnect this way is so fun. So glad to be here.
0: I know. I'm excited. I mean, I've seen Calendly has been popping up all over the place. Whoever's doing the marketing is doing <laughs> a great job. It's a big push right now. And yeah. I saw that Kate went over to Calendly, right? And now you're there. So they're putting the dream team back together. Dream so team, you
1: know, this so- is amazing. Yeah. And Kate Allering is our chief revenue officer. And as you pointed out, David, she had been at Glassdoor for eight years. I had been there for 11 and she left to come stand up a sales-led growth organization at Calendly, which has been a product-led growth business really up until a year ago. And it was hard to not take the chance to follow her and go work with her once again.
0: No, it's amazing, you know, because everyone's, I mean, not everyone, but a lot of the people in the tech industry are very familiar with Calendly and how successful it's been from a product-led growth perspective. And now you're coming in and you've got the challenge of sales-led growth or, you know, grafting that onto what's already really a successful PLG how are you thinking about it? And have you solved it in you know five months?
1: Five months in five months. <laughs> I'd love to tell you that I have just cracked the code in five months you. here. You awesome. know, I haven't done that just yet, but it's been such a really fun ride so far and a very interesting one with tons of learning that I'm happy to share through our conversation today. Yeah, to your point, Calendly is a very very well-known, thankfully, market leader in, you know, scheduling automation. We work with over 50,000 companies, 10 million users across 116 countries. So, you know, it's not we're certainly a household name, which is fantastic and part of the draw for me to come work here. But to your point, yeah, now the question is how do we take all of the virality of the product-led growth and so many users just loving the ease and simplicity of Calendly to organizations and enterprises where instead of buying, you know, a couple seats here or there, or licensing, you know, a dozen or so users, we want to sell hundreds to thousands full wall-to-wall integration with customers and employers. So That's what I am working with an incredibly talented group of, you know, folks cross-functionally and my team is amazing to see how we can do that.
0: Oh, okay. So no problem. That's (laughs) how widely adopted is Calendly, you know, across the market. Is it just like a tech thing that we know about or do other industries use it now?
1: So a lot of other industries use Calendly, love Calendly. EDU is an enormous area for us. Because again, if you think of anybody who needs to schedule a meeting with any person, you can gain the benefit of using a scheduling automation tool like Calendly, which syncs to your calendar and takes away all of the back and forth emails. On average, seven emails get sent to book a single meeting. So no, it is not just tech, EDU, financial services, government. I mean, you name it. If you are a business that schedules meetings, you are benefiting from Calendly likely in some capacity today. You know obviously, we have to be really focused on our path up market, and there is a verticalization lens that comes into play, right? Because even just from a pricing and a positioning perspective, some companies are going to value the business impact differently than other organizations, so that's part of the strategy to figure out and to build, you know, where is. Our sales led growth efforts going to be the most impactful and really give us the best return on the very large investment that Calendly has made in a sales led team, which, you know, again, is how I got here.
0: Yeah. And how does it work if someone's got a free Calendly account, say they're at a bigger company and they have a free Calendly account. And so it's like there's awareness of the power of the tool within the account, but it's like 50,000 people work there and only five are using Calendly. Well, how do you think about, you know, engaging that organization in a conversation?
1: Yeah. And one of the things that make this opportunity so interesting, but also not linear in how we're going to get there, is there's so many use cases where Calendly can work. So. To your point, let's say huge organization, tens of thousands of people, you've got a handful of users. We are a solution for recruiting. We are a solution for revenue and sales leaders. We are a solution for customer success and support teams, demand gen and marketing. So it's amazing because we have all these potential buyers within these companies, but that also is you know an obstacle to overcome of where can we get started, where we're going to have you know, the biggest impact out the gate. And be able to connect our value to the business challenge of this specific customer. The other possible place and place that we often go is to the IT team and kind of take that consolidation approach, you know, connected to security and compliance and single sign on. All of that is another angle to say, hey, you have people within your organization right now who are using Calendly for free, who have connected their work calendar to a Calendly License. And right now, you know, there's kind of no jurisdiction for you as an IT team over their, you know, usership with us. And so that's kind of a consolidation approach that we also take. And that case, you get into more of that wall to wall conversation again, because it's anybody in an organization that is booking external meetings is going to benefit from using Calendly.
0: So you know,
1: as I just told you, five different avenues to kind of get started in.
0: Yeah. And it reminds me, there used to be a term, I don't know if they use it, but it's called like shadow IT. It's where the people are using these software tools, like kind of on the down low and not really telling anybody at the company. And especially now it's a remote environment. And so do you find that Right now, you haven't been there that long, but are you having more success talking to the IT people and saying, let's consolidate all this usage into something that you can control? Or is it more go to the end users and talk to them about potentially expanding?
1: Yeah. So I'd love to tell you that we have this obvious path that is, you know, leading to more success than the others right now we're really doing it all. And we are learning kind of by industry and by, you know, the type of business that we're talking to, which is going to have a more compelling story, right? Because obviously that's what sales is. We're trying to tell a compelling story and we're trying to solve the problem for an organization that they may or may not know they have. Mm. What I can tell you is when we start in the IT consolidation angle, You still typically need a business champion who believes that adding Calendly as part of their tech stack and one of their go to tools is going to help them improve their outcomes, whatever those are. So, let's say we're talking to a revenue leader and you need to fill a pipeline, you need to book more demos, you want to improve the prospect experience, accelerate your sales cycle. Usually, having a business champion who believes, yes getting Calendly deployed across my entire sales organization or my revenue teams is going to impact my bottom line. That helps with that kind of IT consolidation approach because we have somebody as an end user, to your point, that says, yeah, we want this. And this is a must have. It's not a nice to have.
0: Mm -hmm. And so the sales vertical, it seems the sales leader vertical At least in our industry, it's pretty well known. It's pretty competitive, right? Calendy has competitors in the space. And that one's, is there still a lot of white space there for sales teams that aren't using anything like this?
1: No question. Oh my goodness. Yes. There is an immense amount of white space because I do still think scheduling automation for a lot of revenue and sales leaders seems like a nice to have. Or it seems like, oh, you know, if we are using Microsoft or if we're using SalesLoft, you know, a lot of these other tools have a component of scheduling automation within it. But the difference between Calendly is that we are going to be so much more robust from a solution perspective that it's not just about one-to-one meeting scheduling. You know, we're talking to sales leaders about doubling their conversion rate on inbound leads or, you know, increasing demos scheduled by more than hundred percent, cutting a sales cycle in half. That goes far beyond saving time with email reduction. We're really connecting it to the entire, you know, top to bottom of funnel sales experience by... Having really deeply embedded connection with Calendly through the whole, you know, again, lead cycle and sales process for our customers. So, yeah, to your point, super competitive, yes, but our differentiation, and I think just how comprehensive the product is, once we get in these conversations with sales leaders, the light bulb really does start to go off where they see, oh, wow, I mean, if you can cut my sales cycle in half. If you can send inbound leads directly through a round robin of my SDR team, and we don't even have to wait, you know, to see who's available or whatever, like no brainer.
0: It blows my mind. And so you're testing the different verticals and that's when you're right now, it's like, okay, there's definitely a use case there. But at the same time, there's this huge potential market out there. How do you test different ones? And, you know how do you think about like, okay, we're going to try this for a while. And if it doesn't work, then try something else. Right. Yeah. Cause you're always under the gun to make sales. Right.
1: So as we said, I'm still new in my journey here. I am five months in the approach thus far has been more of a broad one. So not getting too specialized yet, not really thinking or deploying the team by verticalization. Okay. We're obviously gearing up for fiscal year planning and you know January is suddenly only three months away. So I think there's a lot that we've learned already just the first nine months of 22 to say, we want to get really specific and smart on focusing on these verticals, focusing on these use cases. And because again, the ROI and the Outcomes are going to vary when you are talking to financial services versus tech versus EU. It's not all the same. So the talk track does have to evolve and mirror you know, the buyer in each of those spaces. So to your question, how are we thinking about it? I would say we're looking at data. We're understanding where we're winning right now. We're understanding where our deal sizes are larger, where our sales cycle can be shorter and trying to invest resources behind that. The one point though, because you did mention, you know, the sales ICP is a strong one, you know, based on everything I just said, there's a lot of continuity though, between sales, marketing and customer experience. There really is because all of those teams and all of the leaders of those functions are going to care about maximizing revenue, delivering an exceptional either prospect or customer experience and doing everything possible to you know, get to revenue outcomes faster. Really, marketing, sales, customer experience, the definition of revenue is a little different, right? Because you may be thinking about it in terms of the number of MQLs or an NPS rate if you're leading a customer success team. So I think what we just talked about from a sales persona, there's a lot of Crossover for marketing and CX as well. So we kind of think of that all as revenue leaders. And, you know, through a very strong qualification and discovery process, we should understand what business challenges this person or, you know, these stakeholders have specifically and how we can uniquely position ourselves to help them solve it.
0: Revenue leaders. I know. And just as the buyer or the person, you know, on the other side, checking out the company or trying to do something. Yeah. If they don't have Calendly or they don't have some technology that we're used to, it's like so annoying right now. <laughs> like if, you, yes. if they're like, can you fax that or something? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's like, what? Are you <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. I
1: love
0: it. I so love there's it. there's so it's much. True. There's so much out there. Let me ask you, just switching gears a little bit, yeah. I don't hear about it as much anymore, but there was kind of like a power struggle happening with Calendly <laughs> links and just links in general. So, and you're laughing, so you know okay. what I'm talking about. So it's like, yes. for a while, I haven't heard about it, but it's like, you would be like, here, set up a meeting with me and send them a Calendly link. And some people were getting really, you know, like, no, I'll send you my Calendly link or something. It became this Weird thing. Th- does that still go on?
1: It's so funny because yeah, I mean, we were trending on Twitter. This was actually right before I joined. I believe it was, you know, maybe <laughs> February, March time frame. I started in I May. Remember that. Yeah, yeah, where we were trending on Twitter based on this discussion to your point of like the etiquette of sending somebody a Calendly link. Yeah. I think that there is always going to be a school of thought that When you are reaching out to somebody and you are requesting their time, there is a way to do it, you know, with couth and polish and respect that should be reflective of their role relative to yours. All you do is you set it up in the tone and style of your email. So as an example, if I was going to reach out to you, David, and, you know, let's imagine we didn't have this connection from previous life at Glassdoor together You know, I wouldn't just say, Hey, David, I want to talk to you about 10 bound. Click on my link and grab time. You know, I would say, I'm sure you're busy. You have a ton on your plate. If it's helpful, you are welcome to check out my calendar here and grab a time that works. Or if you have your own link that you'd like to send, feel free to share and I'll book for us. So, right, it's just like this positioning of, Using a little softer tone and being respectful of the person that you're asking time for, if they're not expecting to hear from you, yeah, you can soften it a little bit and give them the option to send times or send their own link if they'd rather. I just love how polarizing it was because people really did get fired up. And I just laugh because it's like, man, we as humans, we're sensitive, huh?
0: Yeah, it was. It was pretty funny. And actually, like people that work at 10 bound, I would be copied on their email address, they probably know who I'm talking about. But it would just say, here, grab some time, you know, and I kind of like we had a little coaching session, because it's like, you got to be like, look, I'm available, you know, here's a couple of times, or if it's easier for you, you just click here and Yep. Sync it up, you know, so it is, it's all in the messaging, right?
1: I recently had somebody, this is so funny. I recently had somebody who was a former customer of mine who I, you know, very actively and assertively sold into years ago. And he reconnected with me on LinkedIn saying, you know, pumped to see I was at Calendly and he'd love to reconnect. And actually, Calendly has an incredibly slick Chrome extension that embeds right into your LinkedIn messaging. So if you're not using that today, you absolutely should be. So I was responding to his LinkedIn in and was mindful of our relationship and you know how he knew me and vice versa. And so I said to him, hey, I would love to connect if this is easy for you, grab time with me when works best. I know you've got a lot on your plate. And if not, and you want to book time a different way, I'm flexible. Let me know. Right. And it was just very disarming. I'm not saying I'm more important than him. My time is more valuable. And you know what he did within 10 minutes, he booked time and said, can't wait.
0: Yeah, so it pops just up.
1: Like anything, it's your style. It's your tone. You know, yeah. I like that you did some coaching around it yourself. <laughs>
0: Yeah. One other quick thing, just the hot tip for people is this is a long time ago. This is like five years ago. I was using Calendly, but I hadn't blocked out like a vacation that I was doing on my own calendar. And so I got a job interview with this, and it was the CEO of a company. It was actually Dave Kellogg, who's like famous in yes. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Dave Kellogg wanted to talk to me, but I was in Arizona. <laughs> so literally, <laughs> Dave Kellogg, if you're listening, because I didn't get the job. Okay. If you're listening, I flew all the way back from Arizona, did the interview with you, and then had to wait and pick up my family at the airport. And then you didn't give me the job. So, am oh. I bad for oh, I not using you. Calendly correctly? But oh. the point I'm trying to make is you have to block out the time because otherwise you'll just get these random Calendlys when you're in Arizona. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I think it's like any tool or technology. It is going to work as well for you as you invest in understanding the tool, building the parameters, building the rules and logic. I will say, though, you know, there is a lot that if When you're first signing up for Calendly or where you're first connecting and integrating your calendar, you spend a little time of saying, you know, these are the hours of availability I generally have. This is the amount of space I want between meetings, you know, because people don't want just to be back to back to back to back. You may want a buffer, you know, all of that you can build into the logic first out the gate. So then that's always captured. But to your point, if you've got an upcoming vacation, yeah, you want to jump into your Calendly link, update your availability, and then not have to leave your lovely family trip in Arizona for a job interview unexpectedly.
0: Yes, definitely. I thought I was being really hip, you know, because this is a long time ago.
1: Yeah. But no, it was not good.
0: (laughs) No. Okay. We got a a minute. I want to just take a quick walk down memory lane. So Glassdoor, right? So Glassdoor was sales led. Yeah, It was a sales led motion, right? Or was it not? Like, did they have any sort of, product-led offering that you could piggyback off of? Or was it just straight, good old-fashioned sales-led growth?
1: So when I started Glassdoor 2011, I was employee number 38. At that point, we were 100% sales-led. And we we really weren't. The product wasn't built with this kind of self-serve, end-user, facilitate-your-own-Glassdoor journey outside of, putting content on the site. There was no self-serve sales model built in. So to your point, very, very sales-led. We absolutely focused on how to get back down market, how to really appeal to you know, the premium model, self-serve, how to have you know people buy job postings and upload their own content, et cetera, et cetera. But mm. inverse of Calendly, product-led growth, trying to get up market, Glassdoor was a sales-led narrative and product sell, which then we went down market, how to figure out premium and
0: self-serve. So kind yeah. of the opposite. Okay. Okay. That's interesting because, and I don't know if I mentioned this, but we worked together for like five minutes. I worked there for
1: five, five, minutes. five minutes. We worked yeah. five minutes. No, <laughs> yeah. it was longer Literally. than that. Literally.
0: Yeah. It was not good. I finally figured out that I can never work <laughs> in a place again after that experience. But no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what I do remember is that it was I mean this is like the history of the internet almost with these type of marketplaces where they had an amazing search engine optimization and they were getting tons of traffic to the site because people wanted to leave reviews and to read all that information and it became like a two-sided marketplace because now the employers want to get in front of the people that are coming to the site with there. And then you guys also basically cornered employee brand, right? Yeah. Like that wasn't even a thing before right. Glassdoor employer came on, right?
1: Correct. And that's actually one of the parallels between Glassdoor and Calendly, which you're alluding to, David, is Glassdoor created the category of employer brand and mm-hmm. transparency. And the fact that you know kind of this belief of power to the people employees deserve to have access to this type of information when they're deciding to join a company or to not and it was so cool to be a part of that glass door journey cuz it did the conversation was not happening before a glass door and i see a lot of parallels there for callan lee because Calendly really is the market leader and created this space of scheduling automation. To your point, we are not the only player here. Certainly, we have competition, probably more so than Glassdoor did when I joined, no question. But I still see us creating this space and this narrative around scheduling automation is not a nice to have. It's not just, oh, yeah, like maybe I'll consider that. It is if you care about, Maximizing the very limited time that all of us have and getting to business results faster, you have to be investing in scheduling automation. And that was very much how I felt about Glassdoor. Again, like if you care at all about your culture and your employee experience, you have to have a presence on Glassdoor. And if you don't, you are behind. You're behind market standard.
0: Big time. And I think about, you know, with Calendly, the market is so unpenetrated. I mean, like I'm just thinking she's, Making lunch right now. Bless her heart. My wife doesn't even use it. I don't think.
1: Oh, and, and okay.
0: Super busy. I mean, she's constantly making appointments like all day. Oh my
1: gosh, yes. yes. And it's
0: like, oh my god, perfect use. She could be a good customer. She could be her. a good customer. With maybe,
1: her. maybe you can, you know, hit me up with that referral after this. Yeah.
0: But there's no penetration, probably, (laughs) you know, in the wider marketplace. I think in this little bubble that we're in, it's like, well, everybody uses that, but not really. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I think that's spot on. It also is this concept of like the economy of time. The time is a finite resource. We know we do not get more of it. We know we need to maximize it. We know that every way we possibly can do more, you know, with less, that's what all of us are trying to do. And Calendly is a tool that not only allows you to be more efficient and save time, but it does impact business outcomes and bottom line. As I was saying, if you're a revenue leader, pipeline and lead gen flow and time to close and all of that, Investing in a scheduling automation tool is absolutely going to impact all of those KPIs.
0: That's amazing. It was funny. I was listening to this book on tape, and the guy was saying, You need like a master's degree in logistics to just manage your like household of like all the homework and the the pickups and the drop offs and the soccer and the Boy Scouts, you know? And it's like, Yeah, you know, just being nostalgic, it's like they used to just kind of go out and play, you know? But now it's so. So do you use Calendly for your own home? Oh my
1: gosh, I absolutely do. Yes. And as you know, I have four young children. So our lives are very reflective of what you just shared with the carpools and the birthday parties and all the activities. So yes, my husband, I always am resending him my Calendly link of like, okay as a reminder, here's what I am available to help with all these things. He is an attorney and he's a partner at a firm where I know he's beginning to leverage Calendly as well. Thankfully, with some exposure to me of like, this thing is incredible. If you are not using it, you're wasting time. If you're not yeah. using it.
0: Well, you think that it's just for B2B, but you know, it could have B2C applications, you know, as well, right? With busy people and parents and everything. So everybody should use it, right?
1: Everybody should use it. And that's a lot <laughs> of the EDU use case we were talking about, yeah. you know, professors standing up office hours and trying to find time with their students or teachers needing to book parent conferences. I mean, like the use case is truly limitless and it is as it is as basic as if you book time with anybody ever, you should go through scheduling automation. And obviously, I think that should be Calendly.
0: Yeah. And do you use Asana also for your household or something like that or some kind of like project manager software?
1: So I don't use Asana for our household, although we did use Asana at Glassdoor and I am a big fan. I use two tools I use at home. Todoist is an app which is basically just a virtual to-do list manager. But yeah. I love it because you can share it. You can share projects. You can, I use it for trip itineraries. If we're traveling with friends or girlfriends, You know, send everybody and all the links and the details are there. But what I love for just kind of home management is the skylight, which is a digital calendar that sits on our counter at home. And it is connected to my Calendly link. Yes. But Mm. it basically my 10 year old son looks at it and can see when he has practice or who's driving him where, if we have a babysitter, who's the babysitter. So Skylight, I love for kind of family organization. And then Todoist is great for if you are a list person, that's a great app.
0: Okay. Wow. I've never heard of those either. So Big shout out to the teams over there for how they're helping
1: big time. (laughs) Maybe one of them have a podcast I can join and help up. Yes.
0: (laughs) Paul Molly. So one last question. I just want to take it really quickly back. You know, we did some advisory work with a product-led growth company. This is like a couple of years ago before it became a thing. And they basically they had tons of users of this free open source product that they had, but they really struggled with engaging with the people that were in there and like that first part of the conversation of how do you go from, you know, it's just awkward. It was weird, I remember. And so I just want to make it clear when you think about Calendly, are you talking to the actual end users a lot of the times, or are you talking to their boss?
1: Yeah. So my teams on the sales led side are, we're obviously looking for who's the budget owner, who's the decision maker. That said, it is an incredible kind of part of the discovery process to get in touch with the users at these companies, because we understand why did you sign up for this? And why do you think this is a compelling tool that you need? And if I could get in touch with your boss or your boss's boss or your boss's boss's boss, what are the problems that Calendly is solving for your day-to-day that I should tell him or her? So we do have that as an approach right now. And actually, it's some of the ways we get the best information. Cause you know, we have sales reps, AEs or CSMs, customer success managers signing up for Calendly on their own. And then they're having conversations with my team members who are saying, why'd you do that? Tell us why you did that and tell us what it is doing to help you save time, get to your leads faster, close your deals sooner, et cetera. So yeah, obviously that's not where, you know, my team's going to close seven figure deals likely and many of them as we hope to, but it's a really good part of the discovery process to say, You're at your company. You decided you need this. Tell me more because I've got a call with, you know, again, your boss's boss or maybe even higher. And I'd love to bring this, you know, kind of real from the field perspective to that discussion.
0: Got it. Okay, so you might shoot them an email and say, can I talk to you for like five minutes about your use of Calendly? Yep. And how you yeah, use it?
1: You shoot them your Calendly link.
0: Yeah, they- there you go. <laughs> <Finds it down. laughs> and so you're approaching it like I'm on a fact finding mission here to see how I can support you.
1: I have some team members that are doing that right now, and okay. that's kind of again, David. We're at the part of this journey where there's not this like beautiful codified playbook of this is exactly how to do it we're writing that script. We're figuring out how to do it. And so to your point of, is it the IT buyer? Is it the revenue leader? Is it the end user? It's a little bit of all of it right now until we can see you know, where the data is tracking
0: and where we're going to have the most success. Yeah. That's exciting. I've been listening. There's this guy named Tehan Nam with Storm Ventures, and he talks a lot about finding go-to-market fit. So it's yeah, like, yeah. obviously there's product market fit, you know, yeah, for yes. Cal and Lee, but it's like, what is going to be the repeatable, scalable motion? And so you're right in the thick of things there right trying the to figure it out. It.
1: Yeah. Wow. But okay. so fun, so honored to be here. And yeah, I mean, we are seeing incredible results for our customers and, you know, people who are loving what we're bringing to their business. So thankfully it's not, we're not starting from nothing. It's an incredibly strong business model, but We just think that there's so much potential to your point. There's so much white space and, you know, market to still grab. So that's what we're here to do.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited to watch the journey from afar. So thank you. keep it going. And then let's do this again in a year from now.
1: Let's do it again in a year from now. I hope to tell you, we absolutely crushed our, you know, goals for the first several quarters and Mm, it's up and right
0: yeah all right molly well thank you for coming on the show and there'll be links and everything so if you want to you know share it with your group then we're excited to share
1: would love to thank you so wonderful to see you Loved the conversation and we will talk
0: soon thank you for listening to the sales development podcast the only audio forum 100 focused and dedicated to sales development please be sure to subscribe to the show on youtube and take a moment to leave us a review on itunes Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.